Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, because you let us arrive here. Thank you, Lord, because of this blessing program that we have this morning. And now that we don't talk about finances, how you want us to manage your assets. Please bless my person, not because I am the best in this area, not because I am the most holy in this place, because I follow you, my Lord. Prepare the hearts of my brother and sister here in this place. We ask your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my name is Cesar Flores. I'm an accountant from Houston, Texas, and I am very happy to be here. This is my second year in ASI. So, uh, I'm president of Total State Worship Ministry, and what we do is help Christians, like you and I, how to equilibrate your finances. That's the first part, and then we we go with other parts of stewardship. Now, this is disclosure. We are not selling, buying anything here. We are not talking about go to get rich quick, stuff like that. Uh, but definitely, we're going to use a lot of the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. So be prepared for that. OK, this is the agenda. We're going to have different sections. We're going to have an introduction, why financing is important. And question and answer are going to be close to the end. So. Make sure to prepare your questions. We want to try to, we want to answer as much as possible. Okay, first, the introduction. That's our mission ambition. We want to educate Christians how to balance finances. Uh, we believe a lot of that, and we want to grow to the point that we are very respectful and respect stewardship resource for Christians worldwide. Okay? Our subjects are, we cover right now, I mean, on the, on the ministry, finances, health, technology, and interpersonal relationship. But obviously, stewardship is broader. So we want to talk about finances specifically this morning. This education that uh, we are giving, and this is what we want. We have a little light in the middle of this, this night. Okay. So why finances are so important? You know, I have a question for one of you. I have three objects, and I need you. Is it wrong? Too rough? Okay. Okay. I want you to tell me which you relate more when I'm talking about money. When I said large amount of money, you have to manage large amount of money. What do you relate more? I have a. I know many of you. Do you remember this? Checkbook. Okay. Uh, this is the guy from yesterday. I put in front. Do you remember him? Yeah, it's a wallet. Okay. And here we have credit cards. And now we have this e-wallet, cell phones. You know, buying and selling everything here on the cell. It's amazing technology. So. I want you, please, to raise your hand and let me know which of these three guys you relate more when I t said large amount of money transaction. So go for the first one. Checks. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Now, the second one. The wallet with the credit cards. Okay, two, most. And the last one, e-wallet. Okay, that's good. That's excellent because 
they have is very diverse, this audience. It's going to give us, uh, we prepare well the presentation. Now, the other thing is, I want to know which, uh, how many of you had one business or tried to do one business in your life? Any kind of business? Yes, whatever. Okay, now about half. Now, how many of you owns more than one property? Either vacation or for rental business? Okay, that's good. So that's very important because a lot of the things that we're gonna talk about it relates to that. So we call these ones. So, do you know that the Bible talks a lot about money, assets, the way how you manage your, find your actual assets? Now, it's so amazing when I found out that this even talks in the Old Testament combined with the New Testament more than faith or love by twice. Why? Because God knew that the way how we manage our assets or goods have a direct impact on, on our spiritual life. We can see that. Have you, we heard about this? Deuteronomy 28, do you remember? You remember that? Yes, that's when Moses is saying, look, God is saying this. If you follow, God itself is talking and is saying, if you follow my rules, my commands, you're going to have blessings. And he leads a lot of them. Which wealth is included? If you do not follow my commands, my counsel, my wisdom, you will suffer such, 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 such. And obviously the opposite of wealth. So it reflects if we are obedient to God or not. Okay? Because the Bible, the spirit of prophecy, talks a lot about this subject as well. You know? Let's continue. Okay, this is a testimony issue, you know? Um, in my profession, I'm an accountant. I deal with, obviously, Christians, non-Christians, atheists. And one of the things that they value, everything values a lot, is trust, ethics. I think I did not mention any professional association with, which do not talk about ethics. And that's what Ellen West said as well. The way how we manage, the way how we represent Christ in our profession, in our businesses, is a reflection of testimony. Those who bear heavy responsibility in public life, physicians, teachers, lawyers, judges, public officers, and businessmen should be given a clear and distinct message with a lifestyle. What is the subject of this ASI convention? Unusual. Come on, guys. Unusual business, yes. Do you know what? One of the biggest problems right now is lack of ethics. And it's growing, and it's growing. And it's not surprising because the Bible said that. Spiritual prophecy repeated that in the end times, corruption is going to grow. Lack of ethics. Right now, when we want to find someone to trust, stockbroker, accountant, tax professional, you know, we need to be careful. 
because ethics is going down. So, and we as Christians, that's opportunity to testify in favor of our message. That's going to be our distinct message. Now, and also, this is a salvation issue. And that's the main focus on this, of this specific seminar. Read with me, please, when it says, there are those among Seventh-day Adventists. She's, she's LNGY is not talking about the war. She's, putting, she's talking about Seventh-day Adventists, most of us, who under the reproof of the word of God, because the way they acquire their property and use it. Okay? What it says here? Reproof of the word of God. Because the way they acquire their property and use it. You know? How many of you have you ever been in a race, in a school, college? You know? Are you everyone? Yeah, some point. How many of you miss it? I mean, most of us. Everyone there was a winner. But what happens when you lose? You don't get to that specific first place or to that goal for just a little bit. We felt that frustration. Now, what God wants us, he wants us to get to heaven. He wants no one to lose. That's why Jesus Christ died for every single person in the world. But what happens if we can comply with all the, I would say, seven-day Adventist rule? But we miss one part. What happened? Do we get to heaven or not? It's a simple yes or not? No? Yeah, that's right. Sadly. That's why it's a salvation issue as well. The way how we manage is going to show us. To the point that, can I have the, check this. When I have to do the consulting, I have to see all the bank statements, all the assets, every single piece of property. And I have to say, this talks a lot about who is your God. You know, to the point that I said, you, you can be baptized, but you didn't baptize the wallet. <laughs> and it's not because this specific person, I'm talk, I cannot disclose the names, but it's not because lack of offerings or lack of tithes even. It's because of lack of how to manage the rest of the money. Because when our ego start talking and said, this is your money, you already gave 10%, 20%, 30% to the Lord. You can do whatever you want with the other part. We, do, we, we have the tendency to think like that. That's nature. That's the problem. And it's a big problem. So God wants to fix that. That's why we came to the, to the church. That's why we gather together. To encourage each other to be a better Christian every single day. Now, is really the end times? What do you think? Yes? No? Yes. Yesterday, one of our brothers almost died. He gave, he gave his testimony, right? Did you hear last night? And he said clearly, for him, that night that he almost died, was about the second coming of Jesus. 
It could be the same for us. We, have, we don't have the future secure. We are fighting to be a Christian today. So, but this is data because we want to validate the fact that we are in the end days. Because people said, you know, corruption exists all the time. The economy goes back and forth, back and forth. Don't worry, you know. Um, there is a little of true of that, but when we see the whole financial, economic data, information, and we analyze, compare with other times, we see a trend that is going down, 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 and down. Okay. So we want to talk about that just for the fact to validate that statement that we are in the, in the end days from the financial point of view. You know, we see storms. I was in Houston during the Harvey hurricane. It was horrible, but we survived. The city is reconstructing itself. Uh, but oh, those are signs. Now, did the financial war, the economic war, is insulate of that? Do you think that? No. So, what, what is this picture from? Do you remember? Titus, yes, the 70, the destruction of Jerusalem, right? Year 70. Now, any what said, Christ saw in Jerusalem the symbol of a war hardened and unbelief and rebellion and rushing on to meet the retribute judgment of God. And with Jesus in Matthew, in, in Matthew and also in Luke talks about the destruction of Jerusalem. He's talking also about the second coming, right? Because the apostles, they asked two questions, and Jesus gave one answer. So that's why it's very important to analyze what happened around that time. Because it's going to be similar to what we want to face in Jerusalem time, but in that more expand time. So yeah, this is the that's when Jerusalem temple was destroyed, year 70. But let's analyze a little bit what happened before. So we have rebellions, war, fame. Um, this, as is in the past, it will in the future. Ecclesiastes, the thing that had been, is that which shall be. There is nothing new. The history repeats itself. So, do you remember who said that? Breton Circus? He was a famous general. He has my name. Julius Caesar, Roman Emperor. That's when it was a hard time. But they want to silence the people. So they start giving more circus, more money, more bread. And to the point that, in this, around the same time, Cicero, which is a historian from, he said, the value should be balanced, the treasure should be refilled, public debt should be reduced, and the assistance to the foreign lands should be curtailed. Let's run become background. People must be, again learn to work instead of living on public assistance. I don't know, I think he's, he's kind of in this time, right? Because this problem is growing, and it's not going to stop, sadly. Rome went to bankrupt years later. 
because of that. But they have like 300 years of decay. We, now we analyze a little more local in the United States. Let's see what happened. Currency devaluation, Roma Air, you see? This is the value of the currency in Rome. It's going down, it's going down, we're down to the point that it got almost zero. And what about the two major currencies in the board? We have the US and we have the pounds, the British pounds. This is the value of the dollar, and this is cost of living. This is the value of the pound, and this is cost of living. Do you know what happened here? We see that our money is worrying less from 71 to 2009. But what we can buy, the purchase power, is less. So do you remember about your grandparents when only one need to work in order to keep a family of five or seven? Do you remember that time? Yes, we have history. It's a tale now. In this moment, who can afford that? <laughs> yeah, very wealthy people, sadly. So, just to give you a, a picture, you know, 1975, a new house costs like $48,000. If you translate that, you know, what it means, $48,000 48, in 2015, which is the data. And this is the labor department, by the way. So this is real data. It could cost you like $209,000. But what happened? In that year, the house, an average house, cost $270,000, a lot more. Which means that whatever you are making, you can purchase less over the time. Inflation is going up, going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. We are failed. it. We, young professionals here, we are failed. it. And in fact, that when I was studying for, for the CPA test, I was surprised that my book said that in 10 years, the social security is, is going to be in bankrupt. Two years ago, they passed the amount of money that they were receiving to the amount of money they are giving away. Three years ago. So economists, the world, knows that there is a problem growing. And that's a sign of the end times. And the same thing, public college, this is the worst. You know? If you were in 1975, if you are making $10,000 as a child, you could pay your own college. I'm talking housing, I'm talking uh, the tuition, the books, $10,000 because it says you need only $7,934, you know. Now, how much is college? And that's not even the tuition for a public school. <laughs> no? You need at least for public school close to $19,000 right now for one year. So it's unbearable. And this is going, it's getting worse. Then the world knows it. That's why when you meet your financial advisors, they're 100% right when they said you need to save money, you, need to, you want your kids going to college, you need to plan now. Definitely, they are nailing that. 
because this is getting worse. And now, this is a very dramatic. You see, this is of the years. This is the GDP, the gross domestic production. And guess what? In the year 2012, you know, we owe more money than what we produce. This is the first time in the US history that happens something like that. We owe money. We are since 2011. Economically, we can say that the US is broke. But we don't feel it. But technically, it's broke. We have presidents, wars, stimulus package, and this is gone, getting worse. No, I'm going to save this for now. There is a saying that in the Bible, I want one of you help me. When you own money to someone, when would you own? You are a? A slave of the lender. We are getting slave. We don't have change. We walk free. But economically, we became slave. And that's something that is, is going to play a major role in the second coming. Hmm? Yeah. Yes. You know, when Einstein broke is when you go to financial advisor and they want to ask you, what do you own? Okay, I have the value of this, I have the debt this. Okay, if you sell everything, are you able to pay out all your debts? It's a simple yes or no? You say yes and I keep a little money for me, okay, you're fine. But if you sell every single asset, every single thing that you have, and you still owe money, that's that point. That's when we are declared technically broke. You know, the thing is we live in a society that because of different reasons you keep borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. So you can live in a, in a nice house, but it's not your house, it's the banks. You can drive a nice car, but it's not yours, it's the bank. Okay? So if you don't pay your mortgage, they kick you out of the house. If you don't pay your taxes, you know, they levy your, your house, they levy your social security. So that's why when I mean we are broke, technically. Okay? We don't feel it. But this caused a major problem in Peru in the 80s. You can review history. About 10 years ago in Zimbabwe, when the money didn't work anything, it's happening right now in Venezuela. So I don't expect that we're going to be insulated for that in the future. You know? But that's something that we cannot imagine because it's not happening here. You know, but Elin was said that we're going to see things that we never imagined. That's why we need to be prepared. Okay? So, and this is another problem. You know, increasing of evil, frauds, and get rich quit scams. I have to face that because when you are involved in a Ponzi scheme, where someone asks, you know, donate, give this money, you're going to become rich, uh, we're going to pay you 15 times your money in one year, and then you find out the company did not exist, <laughs> or you send money overseas and 
another person receive it, that's called a Ponzi scheme. So the law, the IRS, have a section where you can claim your losses for that. So when I have clients, Christians and not Christians, saying, oh, you know what, I want to reduce taxes. Well, did you lose money? You need to be frank with me. Remember, I am the one sitting there. I have to see if there is anything in your life that I can use it in your favor. Oh, yes, and this is real. I sent money to Germany. For what? Because I was buying asset, uh, shares in one mine in Ghana. You buy a Germany and then you Ghana. Okay. And what is the title? You know? Oh, they sent me an email. So this person lost $20,000 because they offer a lot of money. He saw on the computer that he was $20,000, then was at $80,000, then was $100,000, and three months later it was zero. The company disappeared, the website <laughs> did not work, and we talked with the FBA, the, with the police, uh, the crime section in Houston, and there was nothing to do with that. The money was gone. Now, but that's outside. That's the war. Do you think that this is growing inside as well? Absolutely. Sadly, I personally have to call the attention of brother and sister that I love and tell them, you are involved with something that is not legitimate. You, are, you stop coming to church and trying to recruit in that way because it's not following uh, spirit of prophecy, guidelines. It's not. When someone told me, told me, you can make a lot more money, you stop working, you want to then enjoy life, <laughs> sitting in the beach and just receiving your checks, it's something is not working out. You know? What are the bases? You know? I'm not saying that you can, any of us can take a risk but we need to study that phrase. We need to make sure it doesn't make, it makes sense from the economic point of view. One of the last ones I had is the, you remember, uh, this um, cryptocurrencies, bitcoins. That's a big issue right now. I personally do not invest in that for many reasons. And sadly, there are some scams around that. So that's, but the problem is this getting inside this is a pastor from Houston, uh, from not Adventist, but he's involved in a large, large get-rich-quick scam, where he was fined for $15 million or so. The problem is he goes, we was using his connections inside church to sell investment strategies that did not have a backup, and that he was fined. Now, do you think that this is new? No. It happens all the time. To the fact that in, when LNGY was alive, there was a lot of speculation about buying lands in the city, buying lands near to mines, and shares in railroads. And she specifically talked to the church and said, stop doing that. Because the evil is smart, is using good people inside of charge because they said, oh, if you make more money, you then later you can contribute that to the charge. It's a good idea. But the problem is when you're not making money. 
So, LNG Y was against. God is against. Spirit of prophecy is against speculation in any form. Not to the asset or to the kind of investment itself. It's against speculation. What is a speculation? I'll give an example. This is a cell phone, right? How much is worth it? Depending on what the market wants. Okay. A hundred, two hundred, two hundred dollars. That makes sense. If I want to sell you this for one million dollars, would you buy it? No. Okay. But if I said there is a special properties and in the future this is going to be three mil ten million dollars, does it make sense to invest one million dollars? Most people say yes, because later, and I'm giving you data, and I'm talking very nice, it's going to multiply your investment by 10. But the problem is there is no actual base why this should be, you have the value of a million dollars. Okay? So that's speculation. And this is going to happen in the chart. I've seen it, I have to talk with people around it, and I don't I think it's going to grow. So. Brother and sister, you need to be careful about where you put your money. Okay, so this is the, the most common reasons why bad finances happens. You know, lack of knowledge and greed. There is also bad luck, what we call when we have accidents. I do not count that because these are the two main reasons. I'm talking now inside of the charge. So God said in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people. Okay, what is lack of knowledge? So, when we see this word, knowledge, is, yes, is that word in Hebrew. You see that? So, that's the same word used in Genesis when God is saying, you're gonna, you need knowledge to differentiate between good and evil. Okay? So, the main purpose of that verb is for us to separate to difference which is bad and which is evil based on God's counsel. And that's why we keep preaching that's, uh, that's, I mean, that verb is used in a good way for many years. But the thing is, Hebrew is so amazing that it's not that just only that meaning. That, that specific verb also means Knowledge of the good, skills in war, and management and resources. That's the same word used on 1 Kings 7.14, when it says, He filled it with wisdom and understanding, and cunning to war all works in brass. So what it means that lack of knowledge is also lack of preparation, lack of getting deeper. You know, if you want to invest in real estate, for example, learn about that market. If you want to open a restaurant, Learn about it. Have some experience in that. You know, don't get just emotional because someone else is making money on that specific market. Whatever you want to invest your money, how you management. And God said that. This is a principle. You know, the word. This is the word that. And greed. You see this little girl. It's cute, right? <laughs> but what is what is she doing? She doesn't want to share. Her toys. It's my, my, my. I think most of the child children do that. You know, my, my, my. Okay. 
nature. We want more. You know, we have to deal with that. So God said, for the love of money is the root of evil. Is the love of money, not money itself. You could say the love of your hobby, the love of, uh, you can mention different kind of assets. You know, the problem is when you, we put something on someone else before the love of God. That's a real problem. So that's greed. Okay, God desires his workers to look to him as the giver of all they possess. This is Review and Herald 1901. So if we see God as the one who is providing for us in real time, if we, let's see, you know, for those who relate to a check, if we say, oh, you know, he doesn't say my name. He says Jesus Christ. And before I write in a check, it's Jesus who's going to pay this. It's not my money. So, should I really need that? Should, is God, Jesus, going with me to that specific store? Is he sitting with me in that place? We take those decisions every day. In average, we take more than five purchase decisions a day. That's the way how we reflect Christianity. And I hope we don't lack for lack of knowledge or greed. Now, yeah, that's bad news. Those are the problems. But God did that, didn't leave us there. He was so loving that his message also said, be strong and courage. In Hebrew is, tazak pemat. God showed us in his words. We analyze the Bible and we find more answers. Because for me, as when I entered to the financial world, to the tax world, I, I saw so many problems. Even with Christians. I said, hey, we should, are we not the sons and daughters of God? Why do we suffer? Let me tell you, experience. In 2008, 2007, I did real estate. And I lost a lot of money. But one of the things I was amazed is the lack of knowledge, how people trust others, and they take advantage of it. Brother and sister losing houses, businesses, to the burden of suicide, killing themselves because financial stress. Two of my relatives, close ones, lost their houses. It was horrible. Why? Because of lack of knowledge. Oh, okay, that's the problem. So how we get the solution? Okay, we embrace God, we baptize, we follow them. What else? We don't get the solution right there. We get the principle of the solution. And one of the counsels from God that we can use in our finances is Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courage that God is with you. And that's when I have the pleasure to introduce Yahaira Roblero, who is also a member of Total Stewardship. She's a psychologist. She's doing a master in psychology right now. And Christina Mello a master in finances who is going to translate for her this connection. Because it's not just that we know. It's why we don't not apply what God is saying. There should be a reason. And it's not because we don't want to be safe. You know? That's why. Okay, Christina, thank you.
I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh, my name is Cristina and I'm going to be translating for Yahira today. Vamos a hablar un poco de la conexión psicológica con nuestros hábitos financieros. So as Cesar mentioned, we're going to be talking about the connection that psychology has with our bad or good habits when it comes to finance. Han escuchado frases como, es que el dinero no me alcanza, no sé a dónde se va mi dinero. Have you guys ever heard phrases like, I don't know where my money goes, I really don't make enough money to pay everything I need. La pregunta es, ¿será que realmente tienen buenos hábitos financieros? Maybe the question is, are we really having good financial habits with the money we have? Una de las razones por las cuales es tan difícil hacer cambios. One of the reasons why it's really hard to make changes in our financial habits. Número uno, tenemos un placer inmediato. Cuando quieres algo, lo ves, lo compras y te sientes feliz. One of them is instant gratification. We go to the store, we see the new phone or we see the new dress, we like it and we try it on and we buy it. And then we realize it's not part of our budget. Número dos, las consecuencias negativas no las vemos tan rápido. The second one is that we cannot see the consequences of our bad habits right away. So we like the instant gratification we get. Y número tres, cuando queremos hacer la conducta saludable, el proceso y los resultados no los vemos rápido. And when we try to change a bad habit for a new one, it takes time. It's not a change or a success we see overnight. So we get discouraged. Estoy segura que muchos de aquí tienen muy buenos hábitos financieros, pero probablemente al principio no fue tan sencillo. Uh, I'm sure some of you ever had to face a new change and now you have good financial habits, but it wasn't easy when you first started this journey. Un principio muy bueno que podemos aplicar es la historia de Josué. A story in the Bible that we can apply to this is the story of Joshua. Esfuérzate y sé valiente. No temas ni desmayes porque yo estoy contigo. So I'm going to be reading from our New King James Version Bible, and it says, Joshua one night, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Esfuerzo tiene que ver con capacitarte. Busca el conocimiento que necesitas. Llénate de los recursos necesarios. Y pon en práctica lo mejor que puedas. Uh, be, sorry, can you repeat again? Esfuérzate tiene que ver con capacitarte. Busca lo mejor que puedas, llénate de los recursos y ponlo en práctica. Be strong has to, to do with acquiring knowledge. Be persistent. Try to find your own resources and see where your financial um, stability is so you can actually make that improvement. Ser valiente tiene que ver con tu actitud. And be brave has to do with your attitude. What attitude you have towards changing your financial situation. Tus convicciones tienen que ser un reflejo de tus acciones. Your convictions have to be a reflection de tus acciones, tus principios. Recuerda que todo lo que tienes es porque Dios tiene un propósito para ti. 
Remember that everything you have and everything you've been given, God has a purpose and for you on that. Así que vivamos con la actitud y la seguridad de que Dios es con nosotros. So let's live with the assurance that God is going to be with us just as he was with Joshua and he's going to help us through this journey. Y finalmente, confía en Dios. And finally, trust God and his wisdom when it comes to this. Cualquier cosa que hagas, no la hagas si no tienes la dirección divina. El éxito de Josué tuvo mucho que ver en que no daba un solo paso sin que Dios no le dijera que lo hiciera. And remember, do not give a step without having the assurance and the guidance of God. Sometimes we make decisions without really first consulting with God. Is this a right move for us? So just try to always, like Joshua did, always make sure that we are following his guidance and his um, advice when it comes to different things and areas in our life. Y recuerda, no estás trabajando para una empresa o para tener algo nada más aquí en la tierra, sino que tú trabajas y te, prepa te preparas para lo que está para ti en el cielo. And remember that you are not here in this earth to work for a different company or for humans. We're here to perfect our characters for heaven because that's the only thing we're going to take when, we, um, when salvation actually comes. Yes, uh, thank you, Christina and Yahaira, for that part. Yes, that's very important because uh, Yahaira also does external consulting. As I said, I am an accountant, and sometimes I deliver the message to my clients, but the problem is not on the knowledge, not, not the technique. The problem is here. They need help how to manage the financial stress. So that's when Yahaira helps a lot with some of the clients. So we're going to share three principles about finances for the end times. And that's unusual, because most people do not believe that it's going to end coming. So acquire wealth according to God's method. Obviously, that's hard working. Be sincere. Be fair on the, all the deals that you do. Christians are safe in acquiring money as God directs and use it in channels which he can bless. Testimony for ministry, page 336. So if you have the opportunity to grow financially, pray about it and be secure that if you follow God, you know, you are not sinning, you are not going against God or anything like that, you know, and he's going to bless you. He's going to use you to bless others. Okay? So that's a principle of God. And obviously, as I mentioned before, avoid get-rich-quit scams. Okay? And there is a method how to recognize it, but that's more technical. Okay? And there is a lot of information outside about it. I'm talking about most of the principles from God. Be industrious, hard worker. And this is from testimony to the church. It says, God impressed energy. What about the need for Sabbath keepers, businessmen to establish industries? So that's one of the things that impressed me because at the beginning I thought the best Adventist was a pastor. But no. God is going to ask each of us what we did 
with the talents that we had. What, you, we, what did you do with your profession, with your assets? Did you use it in the favor of God? Did you, if you, did you use it in the favor of the message? And it's not, I donate it. That's good, but might be the easiest way. The hard way is how I take a decision day by day, how I conduct my business in order to be a reflection of Christ's character. And be industrious, be a hard worker, is a characteristic of a good Christian. And when Ellen G. White was talking about this, she, this was very related to what is called social enterprises. Which means as, you know, your focus is not make money, but is help others to achieve financial stabilities. There are a lot of good projects out there about it. The other, obviously, about about the Lamborghini, <laughs> even you like it. Ellen in testimony for ministry, the same book I mentioned before, said, do not purchase an article merely to make a show. Get things that will be useful that will bear handily. Educate people to practice self-denying. Let it be considered that every dollar might represent a soul. No? And as Jahaira mentioned, the fast retribution. You see commercial where they said, oh, you deserve the new car, and they picture vacation in a very far away country, but can you pay for it? Or is your credit card is paying for it? You know, and this, or finances, you know, as a country, change a lot. Because the, just to mention student loans, starting in the 70s, before you pay from one pocket, period. The housing market, as we know it right now, anyone who graduates from college can have access to a mortgage. Before you have to save years and put 20% of the price of your house, and the banks have got through every detail of your finances to make sure that you can repay the loan. Because the banks are supposed to keep that loan for 30, 40 years. That changed many years ago. And now the banks that issue the loan today is not the one that's going to keep it. They sell each other to the point that it was funny because in 2008, I found a person who was mortgage-free, not because this person paid the house, because it because there were so many banks getting bankruptcy, one on top of the other, that for no reason I know so far, the deed of the loan was lost in the process. <laughs> was amazing time, you know. Good luck for him, but obviously, you know, that's, I don't expect that bad luck in that sense. Because then you have to deal with legal issues later. You pay even more. But that reflects how crazy became our finances in our country. And that's worldwide. So that, and it's, a lot easier to get extravagance. It's a lot easier to purchase, find stuff. Now, that goes against God's principle. So if you want to be, be more prepared to the end times, just follow God's commandment and avoid it. Avoid it. You know? If you have a car, make sure if it's worth it to repair it before change it. 
You know? Don't just do it because you show up. No, no change card just because you get a new degree or you purchase a new house. No. Don't do that, please. Because that goes against God's principle. In that way, you are prohibiting God to blessing you. Because before, we didn't know. Now we know it. Now, let's examine it, because we have 20 minutes left, about one vision of Ellen G. White, one of the first vision, and the narrow path to heaven. It deals a lot with what we're talking about, the end times. So, in this vision, Ellen G. White saw herself, her husband, a lot of brothers and sisters, preparing to go to heaven. Now, she did not say preparing is a bad thing because obviously, you know, if she knew that he was going to the hills, the mountain, but just still, Ellen White itself, herself, I mean, in that vision, she prepared. Okay? So preparation is not a sin at all. But how we deal with change in life, that's when we need to keep that in mind and, and God first. So in this vision, the path gets narrow. You don't have a space for this car. So they start putting the stuff on top of the horses so they can ride the horses. Then they have to throw away the stuff and keep just with the horses. Then the path gets narrower and narrower and narrower. So they start walking. They saw blood, which means that Jesus crossed in that way. They need to be hunted by this rope that they didn't see the end. And there was a point that there was not more a path. And they have to jump. They need to exercise faith and jump. And that's when they arrive to the heaven. What we can learn from that, taking consideration that with the end times, the stewardship, is we need to be prepared not only to acquire assets, but also when we need to let it go. Because brother and sister, according to the prophecy, we are going to lose everything. Everything. It doesn't matter political connection. It doesn't matter how the bank tricks you. We're going to lose it in one point of life. But the way how we use it from now to that point, that's what it comes. That's where we as Christians need to reflect Christ. How we deal with the assets that we need to store. So that's the message that we can grab, taking consideration stewardship from that. Obviously, the main message is to get to the heaven. Now, practical application. We have like 15 minutes, I think. And five minutes for the, yes. So I have, there are two subjects, very controversial, controversial. Is playing a stock market gambling? What do you think? Raise the hands who say yes now. It's playing the market gambling. Okay. It's not gambling. Raise your hands. Okay. Yeah, could be. Yeah, could be. It's about principles. Now, in fact, this, I got this um, from an interview to Ted Wilson, our president. Uh, and the fact is, even our 
general conference has a portion of the money invest in stocks. But this is the but they make sure that those companies follow under God's principles. You know? They are not buy they are not selling guns, they are not selling abortion pills, they are not, you know, you can mention a lot of stuff. So that's a portion of the general conference funds designed as long-term investment are held in mixture of stocks and bonds that are considered appropriate for this purpose. Avoid uh, get rid quick scam. I have to repeat it because it's a problem that's growing. Uh, this is a real company because like casinos they're promoted by people hoping to profit off other people's greed. That's what company, what's the principal company. Uh, it's possible to avoid all risk. You know, we have risk in life. And investment in stocks is a diff it's more, it's riskier than other kind of investment. Yes, I do not recommend it. I personally don't do it. But I know people that they are good at it and they are growing financially because of that. Okay? But, it's, but it's reasonable to reduce it. Consoles, pray for God's guidance, as Jahar and Christina mentioned, before to do any kind of investment. Check your budget. Can you tolerate a loss? Yes or no? Talk with your professional advisor about that. And also look for a professional with good reputation. You know, one of the things that when I read about the life of the rich people, you know, it's not that they are expert in every single aspect of their investment, but they make sure that they hire experts on that area. So the good things about here, we are seven day events, brother and sister, we have access to each other. So don't be ashamed to ask. If you have a friend who is an accountant, ask them. If you have a friend who is a real estate broker, ask them before taking further, you know, pray. And if you are married, ask your wife, your husband, before doing many investments, you know. 50% uh, of all the divorce in the United States, including Christians, is because of financial problems. And 18% of all the divorce is related to student loans. That's the new data. So make sure that all the decisions, the financial decisions, are taken in a couple. Now, this is another controversy. Is having a life insurance lack of faith? We are in eight times. We might die tomorrow. Why do we know that? Why do we need that? You know, It's funny because it's, uh, in 1860, Ellen G. White, she said, no insurance is recommended. She talks about fire insurance, life insurance, and different kind of insurance products. At that time, what happened in the 60s, in 1860s? Do you remember? That's US history. The Civil War. So after the Civil War, we have the Reconstruction Era. We take to the called gilding, gilding Era. It was a time when there was a lot of scams, a lot. And insurance also received a bad reputation because of that time. You can form a company. You can insure people, and then you declare bankrupt, and you take the money with you. Okay? You offer 10, 20, 100 times the investments of the people, and you take the money out. 
The same thing happens with the fire insurance. So that's why energy was recommended. But in the 1880s, she recommend fire insurance for the properties, not only of the charge, but also personal. If, as she said, if you can buy it, buy it. If you cannot, if you don't want, don't do it. So she tax negative, and she said in 1865, no Sabbath keeping Adventist should be engaged in life insurance. 1867. So I'm going to tell you a sad history. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I personally decided to be engaged in this ministry. And this is a woman I respect a lot because she knows a lot about the Bible, um, obviously, spirit of prophecy. But the husband wasn't an Adventist. And, the hu and one year later, after I met her, the husband died in an accident. He was a truck driver. He fell asleep. He crashed. So I was sad. Uh, back then, I just asked State Farm when I used to work in the commercial side. And I asked him, did you claim the insurance for the car, for the truck? You know, it's almost $100,000 for that asset. No, because we, he didn't want to pay. The car was paid out. The truck was paid out. And he just did, didn't want to pay for it. OK, by luck, you know, total loss. Uh, but uh, wow, I, I, what about the life insurance? Because uh, the, the husband, the year before, told me that he purchased a term, which is a cheap form of life insurance, but it covers you for a certain period of time. He was paying like $50 or so for $200,000 coverage. And obviously, as an insurance advisor back then, said, oh, that was a wise decision. You know, even that you are not Christian, you are taking care of your family. Okay? That's a principle, a godly principle. You know, you take care of your family. But then I asked the wife, I knew, I know that your husband had a life insurance. Do you claim it? Do you need help with that? I said, oh no, we, I cancel it. What? Yes, I cancel it two months before the accident, which is like six months after I meet the guy. And I asked, why? You were paying only $50, and your husband was making like $4,000. And you know what she mentioned? 1867 quotes. And then she said, I know that God has put me this proof. So I, he, I, it's like Joe, I'm going to have I wanna suffer in life, but that's the way how he wants us. And at that specific moment, I saw the daughter. And the daughter felt angry. I imagine this teenager not only losing the, part, the father, losing the school, having to change. Now the mother has to work to shift, to survive. They have no asset. They lose everything. Just because this woman, this good woman, found this specific quote, and she decided to follow it 100%, thinking that she was in 1867. There was a big reason for that. Now, in, this is a statement. There, there was a lot of reasons for that statement. And in the General Conference talked this subject. They analyzed, and even the white state also analyzed. They went deeper on that. And the reason why Ellen G. White said that specific quote, says, 
because a convert believer is getting the war, encouraged worldly, it diminishes one sense God's providence, represents denial of true stewardship, true stewardship before God. It manifests greed comparable to speculation in rights and patent and inventions. Ellen knew what said because I couldn't put that, but she keeps talking about patents and inventions. What is patent and invention? It's an asset of all, it's an intangible asset. You can invest in a patent of someone, and if they make money, you make money. Okay? So at that time, everyone was creating a, an, an, as a patent, you know, to the, to the point that worthless patents, patents, but they're selling it. Because if someone came and talks about patents, I know because I read it, I have to take the class. But if they change the name and they put it more fancy words, I might be confused. And if I do not exercise God's advice, I might take a wrong decision of that. So what happened is the church in that moment, there was a lot of brothers and sisters losing money because of insurance scams, because of parent scams. That's why she said that. But what was the conclusion? You know, the general conference officer, 18, 1985, they vote, and the LNU state confirming in 19. 1986, the fact that while life insurance was unregulated and used as a get-rich-quit scam frequently until 1910s, when most of the regulate that industry and say, you know what, you cannot create a company for insurance purpose just like that. You need to follow certain rules. That's why the way how the insurance industry was structured changed a lot. And now I can tell you that it's more secure to buy a life insurance for $50 to buying a vitamins that someone sells you for $50. This industry is more regulated than this one. Okay? So LNG White did not make any comments about life insurance after 1909. And they discussed this topic and they got to the conclusion that if you can afford life insurance, do it. There is nothing wrong with it. If you don't want to do it, just don't do it. That's what the conclusion. So I go back to that example, to the living example, and I said, she, this woman took a, a financial decision based on one quote, based on one emotion, based on a guilt, based on fear. And, I'm sh and the girl is not in the church. The daughter is not in the church now. Why? Because Chris, this teenager, grown up, and what she saw in Christianity, Lack of knowledge. We can see greed, or we can see lack of knowledge. The evil don't care. The evil wants you and I to be lost. So either they push you one side, or they push you to the other. That's why it's very important. Um, brothers and sisters, now we have uh, two minutes questions. So if you have anything that would answer right now, I'm glad. Yes. The thing about putting, the thing about uh, when you're young, putting away retirement money so mm -hmm. that when you get 80 or 90, you'll be okay and you won't have to depend on others. But there's a lot of people that think that that's not. You're not. Uh, you don't have. have you to don't work. have the faith. Yes. If you don't, if you exactly. put away money, because yes. we know couples that are in their 80s and they never. And put they have away. nothing. Yeah, that's yes. my question. Yes, I faced that question, and I answered this way. 
why do you make the bank to lend you money for 30 years? Do you think that the, 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 the Jesus is coming next year? Because there is a tool. You know, saving, if you want to say, it's, it's nothing wrong to save money. God is not saying, sell everything and put it here in the church and you'll be homeless. God never said that. But depending on our faith, most people you know, decide how much money they want to give away. And that's personal decision. So the thing is, um, saving money for the future is a principle from God. Now, it takes the, the lifestyle of different persons. If someone is going to retire and go, maybe I knew couples that they retire and they went to Ecuador and Peru. They live in the highlands. They have an orchard and they don't need money. And they because that's the lifestyle that they decide. What God wants is take a decision. You want to stay in the United States, you want to stay here, definitely you're going to need money. So you need to save for the future. That's, uh, that's a principle. What about investing um, part of our retirement into charitable gift annuities into the ministries of the church? Yeah, that's 100% legitimate. If you want to do it that, do it. I help people who want to do it that way. I say, okay, you know, do it, but my job is how you pay less taxes doing that, or how the church pays less tax, less taxes on doing that. For example, I have a ta uh, when someone wants to send money overseas, a large donation overseas, I said, but are you aware that sending the money directly won't help you with your taxes? Are you aware of that? Oh, no, I wasn't aware. I thought that I could send directly that. No, no, no. You need to donate to a U.S.-based nonprofit. Make sure that nonprofit exists as a proof, and then they if it aligns to the guidelines, the bylaws, they can send the money to you where you want. Okay? So, yes, there is a way how to do it, a, a most efficient way. Now, that's when you apply that knowledge. Oops. Sorry, one more question. Um, thoughts about getting involved in a multi-level company? That's... Uh, <laughs> There is nothing wrong when you train someone and they pay you a commission. The problem is when you say that that's going to make you rich and you stop, you need to quit your job and get involved because this vitamin cure everything. You know, I have a friend who invited me before my college years and said, oh, Caesar, you are good, you like to talk. Come with me, join to this place because you want to make a lot of money. I said, no, that's not my style. You know, I like, I can buy you the vitamins that you're selling me. They are good, but I don't consider that the panacea of the medicine. I prefer to improve my lifestyle and supplement that because that's kind of what I see here, there, supplements. Now, the problem is the way how most multi-level marketing operates. They have a guidelines, but they do not apply them. You know, I can mention, you know, I want to say, <laughs> One of the insurance companies that give us a very bad reputation as why they, we have a, a, regula, a recent regulation because of that specific company, they were, whole, they were so large and they were three people. They were scamming people using multi-level marketing. So it's good to improve your friendships, <laughs> networking, but make sure where are you getting into. Okay? Yes? 
So you mentioned about school loans. What is the guidelines to how much we can take out, or is is it? A school, a school loans, you die, someone is, someone is going to pay for it. You, have a, you need to have a co-signer. So that's where it's very hard. Not even a bankruptcy get away for it. So make sure that you use it for what you need and use it efficiently. Make sure that the degree that you're getting, you're going to find a job later. Because what happens is, if you came to the school, they want you to take more classes if you want, if you can. So I did not work on, on counseling, but I worked on the financial part. So I made sure that, at least for the ones I, I counsel is, take as many class, classes as you can during college before transferring to university. I made sure that that's for the degree that you want to get, not because you want to have more friends in one specific class that you will need it later and you're paying $5,000 for one class when you can just be outside and invest in maybe $100 in one class outside and get the same retribution of friendship. Knowledge is not linked or changed to a college. Knowledge is everywhere. And I personally know people who make a lot of money and did not finish college, but they use that. They use knowledge, you know, in the way how they learn. So guidelines, learn the less that you can Apply for a scholarship, be a good student, don't get in trouble, and pray God, because God is good. Wonder? Bitcoins? <laughs> I did not invest in that, personally. Now, there is a lot of speculation about that, and the problem with Bitcoins is there is nothing backing that. It's 100% speculation right now. So if the government says, we're going to, that's why, you know, for example, before the last year, in 2016, you can exchange bitcoins and was considered an exchange of similar assets, so you don't have to pay taxes when you convert it or you transfer. But now every single transaction of bitcoin is considered a sale, so you have to pay taxes on every single game. So it makes the accounting so expensive, it makes the taxes the tax preparation is so expensive that you might make money, but I don't see a retribution. And, and the problem is there is no gold, there is no real estate, nothing. You know, you and I, we can create a Bitcoin right now and give the value we want. Right there. I missed the last two slides of the life insurance. So um, I've, I've had a little bit of an experience just now. So I'll make it a short testimony. I was a person brought up by my mother saying that, you know, Son, you know, trust God, give your tithe, give your plus, give your offerings. Angel is there to look after you. So my whole life, I never have insurance. I never have travel insurance. I travel many countries. I travel many cities. And um, I do many sports, many activities. I have in little small injuries until uh, last year. And my wife also knows that. I'm against insurance. You want to get extended warranty for your laptop? I say, no, thank you. I give my tithe into the church a little bit higher. I like, I like God's policy better. It has no conditions, no small clauses. So, and I've never had problems with it. It's a laptop or a used car or whatever it is. And um, so last year, it, uh, I was on the sand dunes in San Diego, and I took a jump. And um, when I landed, I broke my back. Ouch. So now, it, it was in the, <clears throat> in the morning, 8 o'clock. I get an email from my wife. 
She's saying, I don't know what, but I got you insurance. Wow, amen. I said, <coughs> uh, and I replied back, you know, I'm, I don't, you might as well cancel it. I don't go for this. And two o'clock, the accident happens. So wow. here we had a little friendly debate, you know, so I was in hospital. Anyway, my injury was $700,000. Hmm. And um, I should have been paralyzed, the doctor, because nothing worked from waist down. But my legs worked, nothing else worked. And uh, slowly it's all recovering. And uh, sort of we're coming to a stage, you know, my wife still feels that, see, it was good I had insurance. She was inspired. I said, but... When the angel realized that you got a, I got insurance policy, he said I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well, what was it? Because if I didn't have insurance policy, yeah. he would have absorbed that. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a sort of a sort of something. What actually happened? So it's trying to put the two meanings together mm -hmm. as best as I could understand it. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. What I do for future? I still don't have insurance anymore. It's over. <laughs> so I said maybe. You know, the angel was still there, and he still protected him. Okay, mm -hmm. he's got to learn about gravity. Let him learn his lesson, <laughs> you know, but at least he's going to walk. Mm -hmm. He's not going to lose his legs. Yeah. So I was sort of protected there, but still, uh, the insurance is not even paying half of that. So mm -hmm. that's the man's policy as such mm -hmm. that I feel that I wasn't sure even till today. So what do we do about the insurances, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the insurance, is, this is, you know, the basics of insurance is do not risk what you cannot lose. So, this is the way how I talk with my, if you're, my friend, you're buying a nice car, uh, you, can, you can lease a car or have a car payment for $200, but you decide to have a nice car for $500, you know, you have a $300 extra that you can afford. So, use it wise. It's about protection. No, and the base, the base concept of insurance, and that's a specific subject that we don't take, we don't talk about now, is in the Bible, is in Deuteronomy, and they have a specific rules about how. If, for example, there is, I don't remember the quote specifically, but it's like, if you have a bull and your bull hits someone, you need to work, you hit, you have, you need to kill the bull, and need you, you need to work for what that person is losing income. So now we don't have that, but we have car insurance. If you hurt someone, the insurance is going to cover until a certain limit the amount of money that that person is losing and also is covering the... Now, the thing is, car insurance is mandatory for most of the states. In other parts of the world, life insurance is mandatory. So it depends on what you as a person can afford. And also, what is your guidelines? Because, you know, obviously when someone asks me, I give the answer. But if you don't want, the person is the one who is dealing with God directly. Now, now the problem I have with when someone said, you prove as a Christian to not buy insurance. Or prove that you're a Christian and buy insurance. No, that's what God does. God, God doesn't force us. It's the evil forcing us. So that's very specific case by case. Yes, bro? In the church. I uh, that's the microphone there. Many of us are, are real ignorant. <laughs> you know, here we are, we're at ASI, and we have businesses. And many of us don't even know what a budget is. Many of us don't even know what a profit and loss statement is. Mm -hmm. So we are, lack of knowledge, 
we need more knowledge. Yes. And now Google is out there. We can do all, you know. So we're, we're learning as we go. But in the past, we've been very ignorant. We're green. We, 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 we do not know anything. Yet the church leaders are investing in stock market and doing all kinds of things. And we are sitting up there like ignorant fools, sitting up waiting on them. <laughs> you know, so we have to be diligent students. Yes. And do our part and learn as much as we can so that we can stand with God and be effective. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the power of knowledge. You know, that's when I decide to study the Jew community, uh, why they are very successful financially. These guys know this from the top of the bottom and they apply it. Even the ones that do not follow their religions, but by culture, they apply it. So, and God is so judged that if you learn the financial principle from the Bible and you apply it, and you decide not to be a Christian, yes, God let you get the consequence of that, which is wealth, most of the cases. But you won't get to heaven. So here, we said, you, need, you don't need to suffer. If you can improve, improve it. But our main goal is to get heaven. That's... Okay, thank you, everyone. Um, this is... Uh, our information, that's Total State Worship Ministry. We are more than welcome to share more information. If you want to donate, you can do it through Outpost Center International. And this is our info. You can text me if you want to receive the slides. And we have also a lot of information or email us. Thank you very much. And we want to close with a prayer. So, Yahaira, Lourdes, come. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, because uh, we end this seminar. Thank you, Lord, because we bless us with a lot of knowledge. And we have brothers and sisters that benefit from it. Please put the Holy Spirit in their hearts, on their minds, so they can apply according to guidelines the knowledge that we share today. In Jesus' name, Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.